You haven't seen this movie. Should have seen this movie. Why haven't you seen this movie? Watch it with me right now. Watch it with me right now. We're back. I'm excited for this one because it's my pick. Gonna make me pay for 13 going on 30? Not even. This isn't even proper revenge. I should have done a, a wife murder revenge flick, but I took it easy on you and I picked, I think this is my second straight like great quarantine pick. Because mm. Groundhog Day is a perfect quarantine pick. Rear Window, the Alfred Hitchcock masterpiece. That's what I'm going with today. I'm excited. Are you? Yeah. I haven't seen this movie. I do feel stupid for not having seen it. Even though I think a lot of people haven't, but mm-hmm. it's just such a pretentious classic. Is it? I think it's a little pretentious to be like, I love Rear Window. Like, there's a plenty oh of people gosh. who haven't seen it. Like, not that you're wrong to say that, just that I don't think it's as uh, widely, you know, seen. I think it's regarded as prob- as probably the best movie by maybe the best director. Really? You don't think, but th- like most people, you think most people have seen this movie? I don't know. I think a lot of people have, though. Really? I've seen Maybe it multiple times, which is hard for, for a 1954 movie to see it multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's got to be pretty damn smooth and rewatchable. And I mean, this is the master of suspense to a T. This is why Hitchcock is Hitchcock. It's suspenseful as fuck. Uh, this is important to me because it's the last movie I watched with my grandfather, who I was very close to. And this was like, he was, he had cancer at the time. He was living with us. And not to make this a downer, you know, because that already is. But like this movie brought him some pleasure in a time when not a lot brought him pleasure. He was in a ton of pain mm. from the cancer. And, um, you know, we tried all th- sorts of things to get him to watch, and there wasn't much that would work on him. We watched the pilot of Mad Men, and he, at the turn at the end of the pilot, spoiler, if you haven't seen it, is that Don Draper is cheating on his wife. You should know that you by now. You should know that. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> but I remember my grandfather go, who is this man? Why would he do this? He, like, couldn't get past the fact that a guy would cheat on his wife. He was such a good husband to my Aww. grandma. So he couldn't accept it. And I was like, all right, let's watch a uh, let's watch a story about murder and see if that will work for you. <laughs> but it, this the, the greatness of Hitchcock, it really does speak to that he can – it works for any generation. So this is a movie you can watch with your grandparent, with your mom, with your dad, with your kid. It's – I think a perfect suspense movie. Yeah. I feel like I feel stupid for not having seen it because I feel like anyone who loves movies has seen it. But I still don't think I I still think a lot of people haven't seen it. Do you think that's fair? We'll see when this comes out, I guess. I think it is I don't know. It it's a movie that has been paid tribute to a lot. There's a Simpsons episode. Where if you don't know the premise of this movie, just quickly, it's about a photographer who breaks his leg and he is, he ends up spying on his neighbor. Before you had Hulu and Netflix and Amazon, you looked out the window Mm -hmm. and this is in the West Village, New York City. A lot of these take place in New York. Even 13 going on 30. We're hitting New York a lot. Oh, New York's like the setting for every movie. It's kind of inescapable. But like Singing in the Rain is what, number 10? Yeah. On bet like it's that's a widely regarded as like one of the best movies of all time and so many people haven't seen it. I think it's our least listened to episode. Really? That's a bummer. Yeah. That's a bummer because it really is 
a really it's just a great movie and you hadn't seen it that's kind of what i, I mean is i i think with a lot of these like classic movies there's just a lot of people who have missed them because they're older i mean singing in the rain 2 was in the 50s well that's what we're here for and we're mm-hmm. here to we're here to gift you guys with them with some classics that you should have seen <laughs> so this movie is basically about a photographer who who he's staring at his window and it's it's a perfect movie about being stuck, about being isolated, and about becoming a little obsessed with your neighbors. And, you know, we all need a project right now. <laughs> you remember when we watched Don't Fuck With Cats? There's mm. something about vigilante justice that's not lost on us. And we were allowed to go outside when we watched Don't Fuck With Cats. Uh, why are you reminding me? <laughs> <laughs> I, wish we'd, I wish we'd saved Don't Fuck With Cats for quarantine. Netflix uh, movie about a murderer. So Highly good. Recommended. If you haven't seen it, true crime, really good. A lot of people are turned off because they're afraid they're going to have to watch cats get hurt, but they really don't show it, so that's nice. They do their best. There's a couple disturbing images for sure. But. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's more left up to your imagination, which is good. Um, will you think less of me if I don't like this movie? Here's the deal. You're going to love it. Yeah, I'm I'm putting a guarantee on that. There's no way you won't love this movie. As someone who is an old soul, as you are, as someone who appreciates, I think greatness in any art form. There's no way you're not gonna give this at least a nine. That's my prediction. Yeah, it's too good. It's Hitchcock, and it's Jimmy Stewart, who we just watched in Philadelphia Story. Loved Philadelphia Story. <laughs> that made me so happy. 1940s rom-com yeah and no murder (laughs) well that trend stops here today (laughs) uh this stars jimmy stewart again grace kelly who is just gorgeous uh i mean as pretty as it gets and just so charming and lovely in this movie uh thelma ritter who's hilarious raymond burr as a detective it's it's to me as good as movies get and I haven't watched this in a while, but I'm I'm willing to guarantee it it holds up because it's just it's a perfect movie. Mm. I'm excited. Let's do this. Let's do it. Why haven't you seen this movie? Watch it with me right now. Well, so good. I I really do trust you when you say there's no way you're not going to like it. My picks are a little less classic because I'm younger. Well, you threw down Singing in the Rain, so don't beat yourself up too much. But even Singing in the Rain, I wasn't like, you're definitely going to like it. You know what I mean? All the ones that I want to make you watch that I'm like, you'll definitely like this, um, I don't feel like are as like classic or whatever. It's like more like indie things that I don't even know if we should do on the main podcast or if we should save it for the Patreon. There's one, I mean, there's one movie that I, we're going to watch coming up that I'm like, you'll definitely like this, but I think you're much more confident when you say, you know, you'll definitely like this. Don't worry about it. And I do trust you. You've been right so far. It's Hitchcock. He can't, he can't really do any wrong. And, And I have to admit, I've never seen North by Northwest, which some consider to be one of his best, but I mean, come on, dial M for murder, uh, you know, Psycho. He's made so many awesome movies. He is the master of suspense. And this is so suspenseful. Before we get into it, I do have to say, they tried to kind of remake this movie in 2007 with Shia LaBeouf. I did see Disturbia. You saw Disturbia? Oh, yeah. Here's what bugs me about Disturbia. Part of the reason this movie works is because of no cell phones. Oh. Right? Right, So yeah. when Grace Kelly goes... Ac- We're going to get into the plot in a second, but there's a scene where Grace Kelly goes across 
to the to the alleged murderer's apartment and Jimmy Stewart's trapped in his wheelchair. There's nothing he can do because you can't call someone's cell phone. And in Disturbia, they have a similar scene, but they're like, he's not picking up. He must not have cell phone service. And you're like, that's bullshit. <laughs> That's a that's a fortunate plot point that you I don't care for. It's a I mean it's a pretty good like modern remake though I think I don't remember. I didn't hate it. I I don't really remember. I was young when I saw it and it was just like the height of like Shia LaBeouf's powers. <laughs> um, but although I think Honey Boy was very good, but at the time great. he you, was like you introduced Honey Boy to me. I did so good. Maybe we'll do that for Patreon. Um, but yeah, I, I I just remember Shia LaBeouf was like so hot then in the in the biz. And the fact that they had him on house arrest, I think, in it is different than obviously breaking your leg. But it's like so much like sexier and cooler and younger to be like, he's on house arrest. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't isn't the girl in it like not his girlfriend? She's just like a neighbor he was spying on. I don't remember. And they start having a relationship. Maybe I'm wrong, but from what I remember, I don't think it was like, this is my girlfriend coming over. I think it was like he was spying on his neighbor and maybe she caught him or something. It wasn't It wasn't as cute as uh, Grace Kelly and Jimmy Stewart, which, by the way, so we were both talking about this during the movie, but like so fucking hilarious that crusty old Jimmy Stewart, still very handsome, but like crusty old Jimmy Stewart is like annoyed by Grace <laughs> Kelly being so into him. Like, I get, I don't know, do I have to marry her? It's Ugh. like, shut up, Jimmy Stewart. You would be so goddamn lucky. Like, yeah. what is she even doing here? I don't know. I hate Hollywood she's so like much. This, she's, a, she's as gorgeous as it gets. She's clearly very successful. She's upper crust as it, as it goes. And he's just like, oh. And are you, fucking are you? loves him for whatever reason. <laughs> Oh my god, she's like obsessed with him. It's so annoying. Ugh. She brings him food from 21, the the famous restaurant when he's hurt. She has the waiter come by with it like nice and hot. Mhm. It she, Let's let's quickly go to that scene actually where so this is kind of how it opens. We see he's got a broken leg. Thelma Ritter plays his nurse. So and, funny. And we're kind of introduced to Grace Kelly uh in this scene why she can't be with him and why he won't accept her. And this is a really fun scene. Let's go to it real quick. So that's it. You won't stay here and I can't go with you. It would be the wrong thing. You don't think either one of us could ever change? Right now, it doesn't seem so. I'm in love with you. I don't care what you do for a living. I'd just like to be part of it somehow. It's deflating to find out the only way I can be part of it is to take out a subscription to your magazine. I guess I'm not the girl I thought I was. Now, there's nothing wrong with you, Lisa. You've got this town on the palm of your hand. Not quite, it seems. Goodbye, Jeff. Well, you mean good night. I mean what I said. Well, well, Lisa, couldn't we just, uh, couldn't we just keep things status quo? Without any future. Well, when am I going to see you again? Not for a long time. At least, 
Not until tomorrow night. I mean, yeah, it's... <laughs> this is such a classic example of... And it's not always the guy. A lot of times it's the girl, too, in, in these movies where somebody cannot imagine a world in which they have this amazing partner and an amazing career. And she's just trying so hard to meet him halfway and go like, well, why don't I just go with you? And he's like, well, you'll hate it. You're this. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, you're not going to stay. He's like, no, I want to go out there. It's like, okay, well then what the fuck do we do here, Jimmy Stewart? Cause I'm hot and I love you and I'm here. And you're like, let's just keep doing this. <laughs> let's just keep having you bring me food and awesome dresses. <laughs> That's the thing is like he she wants to even go on these expeditions with him and he's like no it's too dangerous for a woman like you and and she's just dying for it mm -hmm. you kind of feel for her because she's she is of this different world than him but she's very sweet and she you do feel that she really loves him for him yeah and he is kind of a curmudgeon yeah he really is well and you kind of at this point in the movie at least i felt this way where i was like he might be right you might not be able to hack it babe and i think that's kind of their relationship arc <laughs> in the movie is that she kind of proves herself to be much tougher than he thinks i also love when she leaves and she says uh not for a long time at least not until tomorrow which is just every woman who's ever tried to play hard to get in her whole life like well i'm not gonna text him if he can't get back to me and then the next day it's like hey i just saw this thing on instagram that reminded me of you i don't care but i'll see you tomorrow <laughs> not that i am planning on it yeah she it's a very honest way to end the conversation yeah it so this basically is it's weird that solving this murder brings them closer together but it is in a weird way a, a way for uh, Grace Kelly's character to prove her toughness to him. It is, yeah. Which is so shitty that she even has to do that. But you almost feel like he resents her for where she comes from and kind of thinks she's a little ridiculous and maybe doesn't have as much substance or something. Sure. Which, I mean, that's just... I don't know. I would probably feel the same way, to be honest. <laughs> I would just be pissed. I'm like, you have the whole town in the palm of your hand. Like, I get it. Yeah, but she loves him. I mean, it's tough. I, I, I hear you, too, is that he's a little more grizzled. He has a tougher career. He likes, I think he likes the adventure. And it opens with him basically missing out on a photo shoot he really wanted mm. because of his condition. You could tell he's got a sense of adventure. So as he's spying on his neighbor, I should say this takes... This is the largest, I think, just set ever created up at this point. Really? Because it's, it's all it all takes place in one area. Mm -hmm. It's like a play in that sense. So I love that. It really isn't it great. And this was actually a hard movie to find great clips for because so much of this movie is just creating that sense of isolation and the loneliness. And it's a very visual movie, even though it's got great dialogue like this. It's very visual. Yeah. It's so funny. Having never seen this before, I felt like weirdly comforted watching it. And I think it is like movies that feel like a play just feel automatically more intimate and comforting mm. to me. So I can see why you would have watched this a lot, like many times. So many times. And it is so funny to be my grandfather was like, he could not handle he cannot handle uh, an infidelity in a TV show, but there's like murder in this. There's a murder of a dog in this. I'm like, that's pretty fucked up. I don't know. Right, but that's not the protagonist. You that's know? a good point. Yeah, the anti-hero is maybe not for everybody, I guess. Yeah. It's a, it's an, I won't say it's a newer thing. They've, they've always been around, but uh, 
they weren't always for everybody, I guess. I don't know. But uh, you're still rooting for Jimmy Stewart. He's not killing dogs. No, he's not. And as he's spying on his neighbors, we, you know, he becomes obsessed with this one guy. He notices something shady go down and he believes this man murdered his wife mm-hmm. and starts putting it together with the help of Thelma Ritter and Grace Kelly. And I'm so glad you didn't call Thelma the help for a second. <laughs> I thought that's what you were doing. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> the help. Starts putting it together with the help. and uh, <laughs> But, uh, I mean, it really... It's a suspenseful movie. Mm-hmm. I want to... So as I start putting together this murder, there's a great clip that I wanted to go to here where he has Grace Kelly. This is... As you said, it's a little fucked up that she has to prove herself to him by risking everything. Mm-hmm. It's, But it wasn't that... I mean, that's one of the most suspenseful scenes. Oh, are movie. we going to that scene right now? We're not, we're not quite there, but okay. the, the scene where he asks... He calls and he asks if he got the note. Because mm. mm. he knows the guy is guilty of it, or at least he trusts his intuition. And he has her deliver the note. He has her deliver the note. And she's, this is before she gets caught by him, but she slides a note under the door. Of this alleged murder neighbor. And he fucks with him a little bit. Right, so let's. You go. have to say you have to say who, because we're saying a lot of he. Jimmy Stewart fucks with the alleged murderer a little mm-hmm. bit by placing a phone call after delivering a note, and he watches him open the note. Mm, and it just says, "I know what you did." Mm-hmm. Hello. Did you get my note? Well, did you get it for a while? Who are you? I'll give you a chance to find out. Meet me in the bar at the Albert Hotel. Do it right away. Why should I? Little business meeting. To settle the estate of your late wife. I... I don't know what you mean. Come on, quit stalling, Thorwald, or I'll hang up and call the police. I have only a hundred dollars or so. That's a start. I'm at the Albert now. I'll be looking for you. Yeah, that is a great scene. Yeah, they do a really good job building in this movie and kind of making you unsure as to whether or not Jimmy Stewart is actually in the right. Like with his friend, the detective, helping him out and kind of going, you got nothing here? That's a great point. Yeah, this is this is kind of the first part that made me go, ooh, I think he did it, like for <laughs> sure. Because who answers a call like that and then goes to the bar? It would be a much less satisfying movie, but it would be an interesting character study if he was insane and he just became obsessed and this guy wasn't guilty, right? I thought that might have been the direction they were going in up until this point, of course. You bring up a great scene that happened right before this when he confides in his friend who's a detective and his friend just says, yeah, this is, you have nothing going on here. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. He said, this is all, these are all maybes. Mm-hmm. You can't bring a guy in for that, but... I mean, this is every good movie. The protagonist is like, no, I got something. I'm, I'm, I'm following this up. And you see how scared this villain is that it, it gets a little exciting. You know, it's fun to poke a, a, 
a murderer here. It's fun to fuck with someone who's done something so horrible. So you, it's a satisfying scene. Yeah. Also, so badass that Jimmy Stewart didn't change his voice on the phone call. <laughs> like, he doesn't even go like, did you get my note? Like, he did nothing. He was just like, yeah, this is Jimmy Stewart. Did you get my note? Like, he's got such a distinct voice. Like, imagine if you called someone and were like, did you get my note? And they're like, is this comedian Sam Morell? Like, think about how many DMs you got just off of the Joker movie. And it was just your voice like you'd think he would be more worried about that they do say my name though in that movie that's as true well. they do say your name <laughs> if i hang up and go by the way this is comedian samurai one more time for me comedian samurai no you're right he doesn't change and he's got the most dist- it's like literally edward g robinson calling listen see i've been spying on you see it's such a it's such a thrilling scene and uh this character is so scary yeah this villain it's also interesting to really just... This is the first time we've heard him speak. Mm-hmm. We've only really watched him from afar. It's Hitchcock does a great job of putting us in Jimmy Stewart's shoes. Mm-hmm. Or in his slippers because his <laughs> leg is broken. He does have the broken... It really is. It's, it, it is the perfect quarantine watch. It really is. I mean, I will say Groundhog Day, number one quarantine watch. Yeah. This is a close second. This is like... I think you're right. It's like you need a project. Granted, this is a mystery and you can't like, I mean, you could pretend one of your neighbors murdered somebody, but most people have blinds now. I was amazed at how few people were utilizing their blinds in this movie. Doesn't anyone have some blackout shades or something? <laughs> I close the blinds every night before we I go don't. to bed. I you don't. You have to get me to close them. I, I forget. Men forget. Men do forget. But that's the other thing you bring up. It, it creates this amazing world without having people speak. You know, there's Mrs. this Miss Lonely Heart, who's the character who is lonely. Mm-hmm. There's the singer-songwriter, who actually was a singer-songwriter, who was next door, who was Hitchcock just knew. Oh, wow. Then there's all these characters. He creates a world. Mm-hmm. And um, once they start putting together, this guy is guilty, this villain. He murders the fucking neighborhood dog. Yeah, because the dog starts digging up something he buried. He knew too much. Which is like, I mean, don't fuck with cats. Do not fuck with dogs. Hey, don't, let's not rank them. Cats are special too. <laughs> I agree. But I mean, I feel like... You killed a dog. That's, it was shocking. Yeah. I kept thinking while watching this, one of the things I love about watching classic movies, my friend Dave Juskow told me that he recently saw this movie in the theater, which I thought oh. must be the most thrilling experience because... Imagine watching this when it came out in the 50s, how scary this must have been. Yeah, it is. It's really scary and suspenseful. It's also very entertaining and charming and funny. It's like everything. It hits every note. It is a perfect movie. And it gets more and more scary. Finally, Grace Kelly goes across the street again to see, I'm forgetting exactly what, oh, she left something in the purse, right? Isn't that why? Oh, they see they see that um, his wife's purse is there, I think. Is that right. what happens? He wants to know if she left. Was it the ring? It was something she left in the... Yes, it was a wedding ring. Yeah. Right. So it's... I'm sorry I'm a little shoddy on the story here, but uh, he is apparently having an affair with someone else. He kills the wife. That's possibly why he did it. Now, they want to know about the wedding ring, Okay. She goes across to find the wedding ring, and there's a great shot of her. He's having an affair? This character, yes. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, yeah. 
That's oh. why he let he brought all the stuff to the train station. There was another woman in on it. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah. I'm so stupid. No, why you're not stupid I... at all. Because it's not the most pivotal plot point, but it's it's where he knows about the wedding ring. Oh. Because remember, she has the ring on her finger. It was about the jewelry. A woman? No, no. It was she, a woman would never take. She says a woman would take all her essential jewelry. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But what does that have to do with him seeing another woman? Well, when the scene when he drops the stuff off, there's that big uh, case. There's that bri- uh, the big cupboard of stuff. Mm-hmm. He oh, another woman picks that up at the train station. Oh, I see. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I understand so, now. There's that great shot of the close-up of Grace Kelly, even though you think he's going to kill her, but they call the cops. The cops get there in time. And before he kills her, the cops break it up and she has a ring on her finger. Mm-hmm. So she gets taken in and he is turned on as all hell. <laughs> like he's way too turned on, but also terrified, which you're like, dude, you got to get some of this shit work done in therapy. You know, like you, I'm sorry that like you only get hard from women like threatening their lives for you. Yeah. Honestly, risk, risking their lives for you. But, uh, but couldn't it have just been some other like friend of his or somebody that picked up the case? Is it, is it implied? I'm just, I can't believe I would have missed it. I think that. they mentioned an affair at some point because okay. You don't just murder for a friend. There's usually another woman, especially I mean, when it's a woman. I mean, his wife just seemed like a nag. <laughs> so, I mean, just for some peace and quiet, let's be honest. Bitches, you know am I right? You know what? I didn't see it going this way, but <laughs> I'm riding this wave. So, she gets taken in, and now... She gets arrested, yeah. to, basically for her own safety. Thank God she's arrested. You're like, all right, well, Grace Kelly's going to be okay. But now you're like, well, what about Jimmy Stewart? I know. I straight up, when she's struggling with the murder in his apartment and Jimmy Stewart's just watching, I was like, God damn it. He's making me watch Chinatown again. Like, <laughs> we are going to watch Grace Kelly get murdered right now. This is insane. Every time he slaps her, she's like, my sister, my daughter, both. <laughs> Somebody texted me that uh, on the, the number that I set up. On. Oh, no. And somebody just wrote, my sister, my daughter, my sister, my daughter. And I just wrote back, how dare you? How dare you do this? That movie traumatized me. <laughs> I'm not going to put you through too many of those endings because that ending is pretty brutal. Oh, my God. God, it's so brutal. I was talking about it in a meeting today, and they're like, it's so beautiful, though. It's such a good movie. I'm like, it is, but also my heart. It's rough. It's so rough. It does not make you believe in humanity. And we need some belief. Yeah, this, this movie, movie does. does. Look at that. Was, <laughs> Look just at that. together. Just that togetherness <laughs> that we're throwing down. Well, so now he there's that great shot of him looking and just seeing Jimmy Stewart and mm-hmm. how scary he looks. And he goes and then bangs on Jimmy Stewart's door and Jimmy Stewart's all alone. He's in a wheelchair. This is a big burly guy. Yeah. Let's go to that scene real quick. Your friend, the girl, could have turned me in. Why didn't she? What is it you want? A lot of money? I don't have any money. Say something. Say something. Tell me what you want. Get me that ring back. No. Tell her to bring it back. I can't. The police have it by now. That's a great clip. And I w- let me just add that he was cheating on his wife. We just fact-checked it, so that was true. But, <laughs> I uh, believed you. I didn't think you were wrong. I felt dumb for not putting no, no, that no, together not or dumb. not remembering it's it. It's not critical, so don't feel dumb. 
Uh, and you've picked up on stuff that I've missed. So my opinion of men is so low that I thought he killed his wife for being annoying. That's I think he did. I think I think he was having an affair, but they were arguing all the time. So she was a nag. You are right. But do you think they were arguing because she found out that he Possibly. was cheating on her? That kind of seems like what was going on, right? And that is what made him think he killed her. Is he heard the scream of the wife? So we left that out as well. But uh, this is a. Amazing scene. Amazing. Oh, my God. So scary. Him just standing in the dark going, what do you want? I don't have any money. I mean, the fact that he didn't just come in and, like, come after him, I thought was... I mean, that's more of a movie thing that the villain sits But he's confused, there. I think. He's like, why is this guy fucking with me instead of just turning me in? Mm, yeah. I think that's what he was... Most people would just be like, he did this. But what he doesn't know is he did tell a cop and they didn't believe him. Mm. So he did try to just turn him in. Right. And he's having lost the ring. He's like, I got to figure out how to get that back. And this is the only dude I know. <laughs> this new woman is going to kill me. <laughs> like, I just murdered my wife. This new woman's going to murder me <laughs> if I don't show up with that ring. So, um, yeah, it's a very scary scene. And you're worried for Jimmy Stewart, who's a little guy. And we, we see him shirtless a bit. He doesn't look great without a shirt on. I mean, he's got a stellar 50s actor body that's would you, what would you every, even give him that that's what ever he's older in this he looks pretty weak though well he's in a wheelchair sam <laughs> i'm sorry i he commit to the role you're <laughs> right i'm i what do i know he, he just looks older you're right i mean how old is jimmy stewart in this movie i don't know actually we should look that up my guess is like what late 40s maybe early 50s i could be totally off right, right now. now let's it's see so how old hard he to was. tell he was born in 1908. This came out in 54. So he's 46. It's not yeah. that old. Okay. That's about what I, that's what I guessed. Yeah. I'm pretty good. I would have, I would have guessed 50s, but you know, he is pulling in Grace Kelly. So yeah, he's, it's got to work. Yeah. How old is Grace Kelly in this? <laughs> Much younger than that, I'm sure. Let's see. Grace Men, Kelly. They love younger women. We do. <laughs> and cool ones can pull them in. <laughs> when was she born? So she was... 1929? She was 20, cool. She's 25 So 21 years younger than him. Yeah. Hilarious. For reference. Old my, Hollywood, baby. My dad had me when he was 23, 24. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, he could be her dad. That's pretty... Uh, I mean, it, to her credit, I did not think about the age difference. Like, I think she's that, like, timeless and classic and, mm -hmm. like carries herself so well that at no point i was like really this big of an age gap right you know whereas like even in singing in the rain i was kind of like she's a baby she's so <laughs> well little. she's not she's not 19 which helped anytime an right. actress is 19 and the actor's 40 plus you're like come on man just get like just get someone age appropriate yeah those extra uh five years really really helped out but like Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall at a big age gap. And you're, it's similar to this where they're both so larger than life that you don't notice quite as much. Right. And it's also just, you know, that's Hollywood is the women are always much younger because uh, we expire sooner. Hey, and our apartment. So <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, the the use of the the flashing... The uh, terrible the plan. I know. He just keeps trying to blind this guy by 
by using his flash and these flashes are so shitty you have to just like keep winding them up like it's a like it's a musket in the 1800s i didn't think it was that shitty of a plan it was just the only plan he had i mean his other plan was what sitting there going (laughs) i mean i have a gun you can't see it but it's there don't come near me like you know this bulge (laughs) he's a survivor you're right he went for it it's just like come on like it didn't last long before this guy's gonna get to him no but that's all they needed Sometimes that's all. Sometimes it's only a few minutes. I almost got murdered on a road gig once. Ten seconds if that cab had gotten there later. Like, <sighs> Don't tell me this. Legit, that's sometimes all it takes is like 20 seconds. When he's hanging out the window. I mean, Iconic shot. Right. Two I, iconic shots. The, the bulb and then the hanging out the window. Yeah, which is also the first time we see him up close, which is, again, so scary. I wasn't worried that Jimmy Stewart wasn't going to make it at this point because once Grace Kelly made it, I was like, all right, clearly this is this is not going to be a super fucked up movie. Yeah, it's it's a feel good ending. They get him. He he breaks both legs. So that's a bummer. That yeah. he's out, but they're together now and it's a happy ending. And uh, it really is a great it's a great movie. It, it's a timeless movie that I think anyone will love. I really highly recommend you watch it. I believe we had to rent it. We did have to rent it, yes, on Amazon. But, you know, it's like, what, three, four bucks? It's not. It's worth it. All it's right, worth let's, it. Let's do some fun facts. Rear Window's original story did not include Lisa or Stella. Really? Isn't that crazy? It was just him? It was him and like a male doorman. Yeah, it was. Rear Window was based on Cornell Wood, Woolrich's short story, It Had to Be Murder. Hilarious title. <laughs> it had to be murder. It had to be. In Woolrich's version, the voyeuristic protagonist did not have a girlfriend or a nurse, although he does have a day houseman named Sam who checks in on him. Sounds like a way more depressing story. <laughs> oh, and his leg injury, it isn't explicitly mentioned until the very last line. Okay. Well, so I we think, just think he's inside? <laughs> he's just chilling. Okay. This is interesting, too. Hitchcock was inspired by two actual murder cases. So although John Michael Hayes wrote the screenplay for this movie, Hitchcock helped with the actual crime at the center of the story. As he told Francois Truffaut, he lifted two news items from the British press, the 1910 case of Dr. Howley Crippen and the 1924 case of Patrick Mohan. Crippen killed his wife, told friends she went to America, and then aroused suspicion by flaunting his secretary around town. Yeah, that's not a good move. Come on, guys. (laughs) Police later found body parts in the Crippen home and arrested the doctor for murder. Some now believe Crippen was innocent. What? Doesn't sound like it. Ooh. Mohan also dismembered his pregnant girlfriend, throwing pieces of her body out a train window. Oh. But he didn't know what to do with her head. And it was it was this gruesome detail that inspired Hitchcock to include a plot thread about digging up the neighbor's flower bed for evidence. Oh, my God. I mean, that was a great device to have the dog dig up some of it though yeah and then the dogs kill and you're like oh it's him he did it yeah oh my god those are horrifying people are terrible they are terrible and that's like how you feel in the scene where this woman is screaming one of you murdered my dog and no one says anything yeah that silence is so fucking powerful everyone's just like oof. yeah i hate it grace kelly turned down the lead on in On the Waterfront to Star in Rear Window. That's fucking awesome. That is awesome. In the fall of 1953, Grace Kelly was offered the female lead in two films. One was Rear Window. The other was Elia Kazan's On the Waterfront. Although she was dying to work with Hitchcock again, On the Waterfront would have allowed Kelly to stay in New York, which she preferred to Los Angeles. But she didn't, did she? So <laughs> Still, she, well, it's And Hitchcock. it was the best 
decision for her career right, to stop yelling. Stay in Los Angeles. She ultimately chose to play socialite Lisa Fremont over blue collar Edie Doyle. Instead, the part went to Eva Marie Saint, who would become a Hitchcock blonde herself with North by Northwest, which we have to watch. Mm. Uh, these are all from mentalfloss.com again, which has been huge for us. Huge for us, mentalfloss.com. <laughs> I've been looking at IMDb for mine. They have some good ones. They too. have some good ones too. A lot of a lot of the same stuff. Yes. Hitchcock modeled Rear Window's villain on a producer he hated. I love this. Hilarious. Hitchcock had a long-standing grudge with his former producer David O. Selznick. The director believed Selznick had meddled too much with his movies, so much that Hitchcock effectively disowned his first film with the producer Rebecca. His ties to Selznick ended with the 1947 movie The Paradise Case. Though the paradigm case, the paradigm case. Sorry, though. So Hitch decided to enact a sly bit of revenge on Scream, on Scream, on Scream. Sounds better for this on screen. It involved Raymond Burr, the actor playing the rear window villain Lars Thorwald, which just sounds like a villain. It does. Lars Thorwald. Hitchcock gave Burr glasses just like Selznick and curly gray hair to match. He also instructed Burr to adopt many of the producer's mannerisms. <laughs> That's hilarious. Such as the way he cradled a telephone in his neck. When all was said and done, Burr's murderous character looked a lot like Selznick, no doubt to the producer's supreme annoyance. That is so funny. That's um, how you get revenge. Yeah, it is. Well, that's another singing in the rain. Back in the 50s, they just loved to like shit on people they hated because the, the, um, the head of the studio in Singing in the Rain was based on... I don't know if we said this in the episode, it was based on like the head of MGM at the time, yes. I think. But I don't know if they went that far with like, these are his mannerisms. That's fucked up. I love it. I, I love it too. But holy, can you imagine this guy's like, all right, let's see what my old partner is up to. And you're like, that's pretty, that's me. You made me the murderer. God damn it. <laughs> and then they just put the little thing on it that says like, any resemblance to people living or dead is totally coincidental and i don't even know anything about that like that that disclaimer they put on movies always feels so like oh yeah come on guys I, same as like this is based on a real story and then you're like it's not yeah you just you just found like one clipping and made it like but, but that's so hilarious that he just fucked it um, like just add one line in the end where he's like also i have a small penis and he just gets arrested and walks away <laughs> Jimmy Stewart's wife didn't want him to make a movie with Grace Kelly. I don't Be blame her. Before she was the Princess Grace of Monaco, Grace Kelly had a reputation, whether true or not, for having affairs with her male co-stars, even the married ones. Hell yeah. One of those men was Ray Milliand, whose spurned wife just happened to be good friends with Jimmy Stewart's wife, Gloria. Ooh. Ah. Gloria. <laughs> was less, less than thrilled at the prospect of her husband working with Kelly and developed a bit of paranoia. According to True Grace, A Life and Times of American Princess, Gloria was on set constantly watching for signs of an affair. Nothing materialized, although Rear Window cast member Thelma Ritter confirmed that Kelly was a huge flirt. I think it took Stewart back to his fancy-free footloose bachelor day, she said. I don't say he flirted, but he didn't seem to mind it either. Mm, that checks out. Yeah. If, yeah, if I had a friend who's, uh, you know, whose husband had slept with somebody that my husband was about to work with, I would not be stoked about that. It's I think understandable. That makes sense. 
I love the character you do though, where you uh, root for people cheating. That makes me feel really safe. <laughs> I love it. It's super fun. I root for Pete Campbell and Mad Men. Yeah. Hell yeah, Pete. It's really fun for me. I love that. All right, I'll stop it. It's mm-hmm. over. I'm retiring the character. No, it's okay. If you cheat on me, I'll fucking ruin you. Anyway, let's go ahead to the next fun fact. Wow. Good times <laughs> had by all. Jeff and Lisa's romance is supposedly based on a real life Ingrid Ber- Bergman fling. Rumor has it that Jeff and Lisa were based on a war photographer, Robert Kappa and Ingrid Bergman. The pair dated while Bergman was filming Notorious with Hitchcock in 1946, so he saw the relationship firsthand. The affair ended within a year, but it was clearly it clearly struck a chord with Hitchcock, who had what many described as an acute, unrequited passion for Bergman. Like Jeff, Kappa was a photojournalist who lived in Greenwich Village, and in a particularly eerie twist of fate, they both suffered leg injuries while on the job. Oh, wow. That is eerie. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty big of Hitchcock to play out that relationship and make it work out in the end. Yeah. Uh, with you know a real life example being someone he was into. That's interesting. That is interesting. I would have been like, and then she left him for a director, <laughs> a chubby director with no hair. <laughs> The apartment com- complex seen in rear window was completely constructed on the Paramount Studios lot, and it cost a pretty penny. It reportedly cost an unprecedented $9,000 to design and $72,000 to wow. build. That's about uh, seven and 728000 now, uh, which still doesn't seem like that much. That must be an old article. Yeah, that's them adjusting for inflation. (laughs) Nice try, Mental Floss. The final set included seven apartment buildings and three other buildings on the other side of the street. It also boasted 31 apartments, although only a handful were fully furnished. Yeah, some people slept on the set, they said, too, because it was was like an apartment. That's kind of cool. It's fun, yeah. It's like a fun, uh, it's like camp. Yeah. Rear Window is the only film where Grace Kelly smokes on screen. Hmm. Kelly refused to smoke cigarettes in her movies, but she made a slight exception for Hitchcock in Rear Window. In one scene, she's seen with an unlit cigarette between her lips. The camera cuts to Stewart, then back to her. She's suddenly holding a lit cigarette, which she soon puts out. This way, Hitchcock got his smoking scene, while Kelly technically never broke a rule. I love that. I love a woman with morals. You know what I mean? Like, I will put your husband's dick in my mouth, but I will not put a cigarette (laughs) in my mouth. Okay? I draw the line there. Respect. Well said. Hitchcock deliberately misdirected his actors for laughs. Each neighbor has a hook. Miss Torso is a dancer. Miss Lonely Hearts is severely single. And also their names were perfect. <laughs> the songwriter is well a songwriter. Then there's a random couple sleeping on the fire escape. Actors Sarah Berner and Frank Cady play the unnamed pair who spend most of the movie fidgeting on a mattress outdoors without incident until it rains. For this scene, Hitchcock intentionally messed with his actors. He told Berner to pull the mattress one way and Katie to pull it the other. Neither one knew the other had received conflicting directions. So when Hitchcock called action, the pair struggled with the mattress until Katie accidentally flew into the window. Hitchcock thought it was so funny, he kept it in the movie. That's very funny. That's, that is good stuff. So last one we got. This is fun. The book Grace Kelly's reading at the end of Rear Window is a final wink. In the final scene in Rear Window, Lisa is reading the book Beyond the High Himalayas by William O. Douglas. Douglas was an associate justice of the Supreme Court from 1939 through 1975, but Lisa wasn't skimming the book for legalese. Douglas suffered from polio as a child and was told by doctors he would be crippled for life. But after taking up hiking, Douglas discovered that A, he could definitely walk, and B, he loved nature. He wrote a few books about his adventures as an ode to the great outdoors. Behind the High Himalayas was one of them. Hey, 
It's all wells and ends well. <laughs> would you have watched this movie without me? Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, it's one of those things, again, it's not streaming anywhere. And that's the thing with streaming now is if a classic movie that I feel like I should have seen and I hear a lot about is streaming, I'm much more likely to watch it at mm. some point because it'll go on my list. And then at one point, I'll go, what do I feel like watching right now? And But if it's something that I have to rent, I feel like it's it's not, it doesn't come to mind as immediately. So again, I would hope that I would have watched it. I feel like this was on Netflix or something at some point. Because mm -hmm. I do feel like I put it on my list somewhere. It should be streaming somewhere. I'm annoyed that it isn't. Cla yeah. People should have access to classic movies like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is strange that not more of them are streaming. But maybe they're not because they're classics and they're so highly regarded. I don't know. What would you give it? I mean, this is like, this is, I think, a perfect movie. Like, yeah. this is like a 10 for me. This is yeah. up there with Singing in the Rain. Me too. I mean, to, to stand the test of time just with such ease, it's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. There's a couple scenes that are a little slow in the first half before it get, gets you into it, but I get it. He's trying to ease you into it. Movies had longer setups. They had more waiting back then because they didn't... People in the 50s didn't need the stimulation we need. It's true. I mean, people, I bet young people are watching movies now while just on their phone. Absolutely, yeah. So th that's not what they were up against. Mm -hmm. So you have to expect that. And it is an entertaining movie with great dialogue and great just visual. It really is a beautiful movie. Yeah, totally recommend it. Totally holds up. Um, what is our next pick? I we think decided. we're doing The Prestige, aren't we? We are. We are doing The Prestige. Which I've never seen. Which Sam has never seen. I think it was recommended to us. And I go, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Because you hadn't seen it. Um, you have seen The Illusionist. They came out at like the exact same time. And I just happened to see The Illusionist. Which I, I thought was fun. Yeah. The Prestige shits all over The Illusionist. Really? Yeah. The Illusionist was like not good. I saw them both. Which I think a lot of people, because they're similar. They're both like magician type stories the prestige i think is way way better like i don't even remember much about the illusionist i just remember watching it and going like mm, that's not that good hmm. so i'm okay. curious to see what you think if you even remember the illusionist but yeah the prestige is great so i'm excited to watch that one and then do you know your next pick it's coming to america Ooh, exciting which is as fun a movie as there is it's just eddie murphy super lovable You've seen Beverly Hills Cop with me now recently. Loved it. So we can talk a little bit about that in that episode too mm -hmm. and, my, and my love for Eddie Murphy. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a couple good episodes in a row. We'll have our Patreon up and running soon. So just follow us on Instagram. This is important to me, movie pod. And we will share info on that. Extra episodes. You can't get enough. You're about to get more. <laughs> And other cool stuff. We're figuring it out. We're figuring it uh, out. Thank you. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, you guys are the best. We're having so much fun doing this. Love doing this. Bye. You haven't seen this movie. Should have seen this movie. Why haven't you seen this movie? Watch it with me right now. Watch it with me right now.